This is Life School Podcast, episode number 185. We're commanded in Scripture to love mercy and do justice, but is our cultural understanding and experience of justice lining up with God's idea of justice? Welcome to the Life School Podcast, where each week you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. This is the stuff that your parents, teachers, and pastors forgot to tell you. I'm Heath Hollinsby, here with your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> the big three five. Did, yeah, no kidding. Tomorrow, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I probably probably just we owe some royalties for that song. There's yeah. all these new birthday songs because you can't sing that. Someone went out and copyrighted that thing. Like, <laughs> and that. they're going to be making bank if they can From figure us. out how to collect it. Yeah, yeah, go for it. You find us. 1983, San Diego, California. Any uh, big plans for the birthday tomorrow? None. I have to work. I mean, I'm working all day. All I day. might call in sick. And I, yeah, I might just call. Don't him. say it on air. Yeah, they'll, they'll find me out. I'm sure your boss is just sitting there listening to it. Like, I knew it. Huge I fan. knew he's not sick. <laughs> I mean, he looks sick, but he does not, he's not really sick. The big 35, man. I'm feeling it. Oh, my goodness, man. Hey, um, any cool reviews coming in you want to share? Yeah, man. We actually got a review by Schmuck21. Five-star review. <laughs> they're again, they're the so name. awesome. That must just be a weird last name or nickname. They're not schmucks. <laughs> I hope <laughs> not. Not with a review like this. <laughs> yeah. Schmuck21 says, love these podcasts and how they actually touch on things I can relate to. I can't wait for Monday mornings to listen to the new podcast for the week. They're thought-provoking and they cover items that seem like are often skipped out and ones that other people don't want to touch. So that's cool. Ooh, hot button. Hot button. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about that, but yeah, we, we try to talk about it all, right? Gospel Absolutely. and all of life, everything. You know what? We have a packed uh, topic here today, so I think we, we need to move on from our jovial banter, my, fr- my happy go. birthday friend. We're, we're, t- <laughs> we- we're talking justice and mercy, and one thing that it seems like to me, Caesar, is that it only takes a couple seconds of being on social media to see somebody crying out for justice. And as we like to define things here on the Life School Podcast, maybe you can just start off with the definitions of justice in the way that we're familiar with in society and mercy and justice from a biblical sense as well. Good idea. Because um, they're not exactly the same thing. Sure. I th- well, and, I, and I'll, look, I'll share, I think maybe we're closer to understanding mercy, but we don't love it. <laughs> yeah. But So I think we do often confuse mercy and, and grace. To start out with, you know, we're going to talk about mercy and justice today. I think we often confuse mercy and grace, or we use them interchangeably. So while the terms do have similar meanings... Grace and mercy are actually not the same. So let me just give you some handles that have helped me okay. throughout my life understand those two when I've taught and made disciples. To summarize the difference, mercy is God not punishing us as our sins deserve, not getting what we deserve. And grace is God blessing us dis- despite the fact that we don't deserve it. Grace mm-hmm. is unmerited favor. It's extending undeserved kindness. Okay. okay. Now, in society, um, I think a standard definition and understanding of the word and concept of mercy is pretty accurate pretty accurate it says compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm so there again it's mercy being hey you're not getting what you deserve even though i could do that so i think we're more inclined to rightly understand and even show mercy as a culture than i when i say that i mean including christians right including you and i right but when it comes to justice mm, that's another thing entirely so here are my definitions of mercy and justice based on what I see in Scripture, okay? Yeah. Mercy is an attitude of the heart that's inclined toward compassion, and it most often translated to mean kindness or goodness in Scripture. Mercy is often expressed through 
notice this, acts of justice and restoration. Wow. Okay, so key thing here, though, mercy is an attitude of the heart. Now, justice refers to intentionally acting justly or proactively seeking restoration. Hmm. Okay, that's what justice is. Justice is an action, and it comes from a response to the heart of mercy. Wow. Yeah, it's two totally different things than what we, we normally think. Yeah. I'm even thinking as you're describing that, how many times in my own life I actually love mercy rather than to be quick to seek my own personal version of justice, maybe in a particular situation. Yeah, and and you're right, because the Bible challenges us in in Micah 6 to love mercy. It says, because I know everybody just reads the heck out of Micah, I'll just, (laughs) I'll give you Micah 6, 8, it says, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? Hmm. To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with God. So you, there, the orders flip, but it's to act justly, that we're just and justice and justify, sure. and ju- all that, right? And to love mercy. And then I love it because it says, and to walk humbly with your God, which tells me, and remember, you need both. Yeah, Otherwise absolutely. you could walk proudly, like, well, I don't need that. I've handled it. So hmm. now here's a, here's a powerful quote from Tim Keller, quote him often, that really helps me understand all this. He says, mercy is a command of God, yet it cannot simply be a response to a demand. It must arise out of our hearts made generous and gracious by an understanding and experience of God's mercy towards us. It is the hearts of the people that must be melted until they asked, who or where is my neighbor? Wow, man. That's really helpful. It, it reframes everything that like, the first question was saying is when I look on social media and I'm seeing these demands for things, you can't just muster this up. It has to be, it's a, there's a, something, we always say the thing behind the thing. There's this yeah. heart aspect that has to take so place. M- mercy is a heart response, but it's a heart response to what? God's mercy to us. Back yeah. to the definition. We didn't, we don't get what we receive. Yeah. So, so oftentimes I'll joke with people to say, how are you doing today? I'm like, well, better than I deserve. Hmm. And they're kind of like, eh, but like, no, no true. Serious. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm super, super serious. Yeah. Now, through the way he lived, Jesus often challenged us on this point. You see it over and over in scripture. He knew our hearts. He knew his own disciples' hearts, pointing out the discrepancy between his understanding of mercy and ours. Hmm. And he called us to change the way that we viewed and we lived out of mercy. Like you can notice in scripture, he made time for the outcast, for the mm-hmm. beggars, for sick people. Yep. He showed them mercy. Now, he knew ultimately that they were still gods in their own life and what they deserved, but you see who he hung out with. Sure. He went out of his way for the woman at the well. He gave attention to the man at the sheep gate by the pool there. Yep. He offered grace and mercy both to the woman caught in adultery. Hmm. Now, all these perspectives, I think Jesus is teaching us, required a shift from traditional sort of our human thinking about the person Jesus gave his attention to. He didn't see them as you know, a hassle or some sort of pest or is less valuable. He viewed them as children of God. And that is so key. He saw them as worthy of his attention Hmm. and, and, and the reason he was there and he treated them as his friends. And when we, and I think when we begin to see Heath uh, need that's all around us as an opportunity to live out the gospel instead of like, ugh, that's a mess. Someone should do something about that. But when we see need as an opportunity for the gospel, we begin to see people differently then. Hmm. That'll put names with faces, and that'll put the gospel and good news into everything. And and yeah. we'll, we'll, then we'll start to see and hear things differently and stories that we can relate with. So, hmm. you know, sort of summarize, the, the heart of mercy changes things. The heart of mercy, true mercy, changes judgment in our lives yep. to humility. 
Like, but, <laughs> but by the grace of God, therefore go, go I, right? Yeah, sure. True mercy changes sympathy, like, man, that really sucks for them, to action. Hmm. Remember we said to justice, which is about restoration, we're going to go deep into that in a minute, sure. comes from a heart of mercy. True mercy changes our kingdom, our kingdom, you know, like, well, I want to rule things, yep. make all the decisions about me, my time, my life, my family, my money, all that, changes our kingdom to God's kingdom. Hmm. True mercy changes selfishness to selflessness. Oh. Now, by the way, I get a lot of my thinking from this from uh, the Justice Primer by Brandon Hatmaker. Yeah, a lot of our long-term listeners have probably used the Gospel Primer, or maybe yep. Hugh Halter Metz May's the Tangible Kingdom Primer. There's also the Justice Primer by Brandon Hatmaker, and I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But man, there's some great stuff in that. Okay, yeah, that's good, man. Yeah, you know, so the, I'm thinking even as you're talking, the personableness of mercy, right? When you actually see people as as the Imago Day, it changes the way that we interact with them. And I wonder if the same thing's true with justice. Many of us desire justice in the sense that we want to see the wrong made right. And it only takes us having the news on for a few minutes to see people really demanding justice. I want justice. I want justice. Yeah. But and it I, begs the question, like, whose standards, right? Are we... That's right. And see, that's the problem. Like you just said, the wrong made right. That's what we're all wanting. You know, like, I demand justice. Or you see the people in court and they're broken because, you know, something bad happened to them or a family member. And I just, I'm just seeking justice. Yeah. They want the wrongs made right. But like you just said, by whose standard? Yeah. I mean, good, man. Who, whose standard do you think get, most people are trying to? Probably our own. Exactly. Preferences, our own standards. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the problem because none of us see it from the same position. We hear a lot about justice, but not so much about mercy. And that's where it starts in the heart. But when you start trying to move towards justice, if you see it as a leveling of the scales of yeah. a making even, then you actually miss the whole heart of God. Which begs the question, what do you think? Because we talk about the thing behind the thing quite a bit on the show. Yeah. What do you think is going on in our own hearts when we're actually feeling the need to to see justice done on our own specific terms. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the only way I can see, unless I, unless I grasp God's understanding of mercy and what true justice is, then I'm left, I'm left sitting there managing it for my own, right? Yeah. We want to be the one who manages right and wrong, good and evil for ourselves. And for, and for everybody else. Sound familiar? Yeah. See, that's the original sin, right? Like, hmm, in the day that you begin to eat of this fruit, the, the knowledge of good and evil, right and wrong, for yourself, you will surely die. It doesn't work. Yeah. It really, really doesn't. But that's all we're left with. If, if we don't experience the mercy of God and begin to ad- adapt and adopt his heart of mercy towards others, then we will seek a justice that's not God's idea of justice at all, mm. and it'll be based on me managing right and wrong and a level scale based on my own perspective. And guess what? I'm always going to tip the scales to me. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, right? Right. And that's where justice, in a sense, is pretty disillusioning. Because where do you draw these lines of where justice starts and where it ends? Because we all have different approaches and different correct levels of justice. We have ideas of what's just and what's not, and that varies from person to person. What's fair. Yeah. It's not fair. fair. I hear that a lot. That's not fair. How, How do we, as followers of Jesus, set a baseline of what justice, or maybe even the flip side of that, injustice, looks like? Well, I'm, I think I'm going to take this a little, see, I think we're still kind of sitting, we're sitting on the precipice there because trying for, for us to say, well, is there a list, you know, is it, is it really like, Hey, there, used, there should be five things on each side of the scale. I, I think, I think that's a, a somewhat de- flawed understanding of justice. And I think we have a pretty deeply flawed understanding of justice worldwide today. So, um, let me give you a, you know, we start out with a definition of mercy and justice. Let me dig out a little bit deeper 
the the definitions of justice. Okay, um, in the world, right, and the way you see it on the news, social media, like you already referred to, sure. is it's justice is payback or it's retribution. I remember one time being robbed. Our house was robbed. They caught the I'll use the TV word, the perps. <laughs> and and then they, they had them give us rest, you know, retro, restitution even, right? Mm. And all that, you know, pay us back. Or we see it as punishment. Mm. That's justice. They, they would get punished as justice or getting even. See, and we speak of getting justice, but the Bible actually speaks of doing justice. Hmm. Like it's active. Now, here's what's really interesting. Justice from from the Hebrew word, Sure. It, it means to be made right or to restore or to return. Huh. That's what justice means. It doesn't mean scales, doesn't mean even Stephen, doesn't mean punish. Every time you hear the word justice in Scripture, think restore. Hmm. Think return to what? To the way things used to be. Yeah. Now, interestingly, and this to me is even more interesting, the same root word of justice is the same word in Hebrew as righteousness. Hmm. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, right useness. Same wow. same root, both words and the, and the and if you take it back to their root, it means to restore. So mm-hmm. justice, and now if you go back and read anytime you see justice or just or whatever in scripture and you read it with the word restoration in mind, that's what's going on. And you're going to go, "Oh my gosh, that changes, changes the whole tone yeah. of God's character and this book." And now I begin to understand mercy, right? Hmm. That's why I think they're they're just linked, okay? Yeah. So, getting even or punishing people for their screw-ups or their sin is going in the wrong direction, actually. Hmm. It's working against God's purpose, because when he talks about justice, God's not interested in getting even with anybody, hmm. though I kind of grew up thinking that. You know, sure. God's sort of this angry, ticked-off God up in heaven, you know? Yeah. But he wants to see people, he wants to see them who they really are, what they're meant to be. Hmm. That's what he's hoping for them. How should they live? How do they get to live? He wants things to be right and restored. Restored back to what? Just, just look at the first humans walking with God in the cool of the day, yeah. naked, unashamed, yeah. not hiding, not blaming. That's God's idea of restoration. Gosh, so, I mean, you got to get that picture. That's what justice is. And so when we hear people crying out for justice, it's like it's as if we've taken that word and we've made it punishment or get even or something. And that's just not God's idea of justice. Hmm. That's so important, man. It's so pertinent for today's situation because again I, like i was saying we talked to a mutual friend yesterday william and it's like everywhere you go man every tweet i go through it's just i demand justice i demand justice and i think we're calling the wrong thing like we're not really demanding it in the way that we think we are because we're demanding retribution not that all thing actually be restored back to the original intent right i want justice for everybody else yeah but i but i seek biblical justice for me like i want it to be restored back to the garden but for you i kind of want you to get punished for for doing that or saying that you know mm. whatever right now Lest we think that's just like an Old Testament understanding of it, sure. all wrapped up in things. See, Jesus it taught the exact same thing. Restoration is why Jesus, in his first messages, you know, like when he's, they think he shows up and he's going to be, he's going to be um, baptized, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, "Teshuva." I am probably not pronouncing that right. Uh, For the kingdom of heaven has come near, and that mm-hmm. word means to return. See, there it is again. Return to what? To the people we were originally created to be, the people that God is restoring us into. Hmm. So follow follow the through line here. God makes us in his image. We reflect the beauty and creativity and wonder of this God who made us. Hmm. And Jesus now calls us to to, to teshuva, to return 
to our true selves, our righteousness to God. That's justice in his mind, a life lived close to God, restored relationships between us and God, between us and humans, right? That's what justice is. So somewhere in you, and I'm looking at you, Heath, but (laughs) in everybody, somewhere in you is the you that God created you to be. And, and that's that's what he's concerned. He's not looking for a different you or a second you, a punished you or a broken you. That's not his goal. Hmm. He wants you to be the first you, the God that he had created you to be in his image. And just so you think this is, you know, I'm going to back this up with scripture. I'm not just making this stuff up. Look, Jesus talking here, Luke 4.18. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor not the lord mm. the year of the lord's evening the scales or the year of the lord's punishment again in luke in luke 6 20 21 it says look at looking at his disciples jesus said blessed are you who are poor for mm. yours is the kingdom of god like you get everything when when you don't have everything else in the way blessed are you who hunger now for you will be satisfied you won't be hungry anymore blessed yeah. are you who weep now for you'll laugh so you see to the poor there's good news to the hungry there's good news Hmm. that's what the kingdom's about. So what would be justice then for the imprisoned? Would it be like 25 years in jail? No, it'd be freedom. freedom, It'd be trust. How about to the blind? It'd be sight. Hmm. To the oppressed, it'd be a release, freedom. To the hungry, satisfaction. To those who mourn, laughter. How about this though? Let's just talk about this a little bit. Take this a little closer to what we see on TV all day. What would justice be to a bank robber? It would be a bank robber would say, I don't need to steal to provide for myself hmm. because I have a God who is the greatest provider ever. I no longer need to rob others to provide for my needs. I don't need to be my own provision, especially at the cost of others. That would be true justice. So is it, a, it sounds like it's a reframing of identity in a sense. In many ways it is yeah. because cause who's going to get the glory when we live out God's life yeah. as image bears? Him, right? How about this? What would justice be to a murderer? I don't need to shed blood because blood has been shed for me, right? Yeah. And like, and, and, I don't have to take lives and try to control the actions of others because yeah. ultimately there is one who is in control and making all things new and all things right and back to yeah, the, the way we see. Yeah. Life, yeah, right. Now let's let's even go on a touchier one. What would ju- be what would justice look like? Biblical justice for a rapist. And I know people are thinking like, well, he needs to you know have his thing cut off or you know <laughs> and put in jail for a really long time. Now. Yeah. Our society might do that to him. That might be the consequences because of the way our laws are structured and all that. But biblical sure. justice, God isn't like, well, after spending time in prison. No, biblical justice in God's mind for a rapist would be, I created you with desires for intimacy and closeness, and, and your sexuality is all part of that. Hmm. And, I, and, and I've created an order for how that works and for you to be in a committed relationship with one other person to experience that kind of love and intimacy. You don't need to steal that from others. You don't need to abuse others yeah. through pornography or physically. So you'd be restored back to an understanding of... Healthy sexuality. Healthy sexuality, exactly. Yeah. See, that is good news. That is biblical justice. So when we talk about justice... Yeah. It's a very different than what the world is still trying to accomplish. And 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 we've seen our prisons just get fuller and fuller and fuller. Sure. Does punishment restore anybody back to the way God created them to be? Hmm. No, because Scripture says it's God's kindness. That leads us to repentance, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That's right. So, by the way, 
to really lead your communities towards all this. So a lot of people are listening, you're leading small groups or you're in missional communities, or even just like you want your church to grasp this. I quote, I was kind of quoting from it earlier. The justice primer will walk you step by step as a group through like eight weeks, little Mm -hmm. daily studies that you would do together and then get together and actually go out and do some stuff into understanding what it means to love mercy and do justice starting with the least of those in your area, in your town or neighborhood. How do you think that the good news speaks to the brokenness in our own hearts? Like if we're people who have truly been forgiven, and we get that, so that we actually now get to forgive, how do we move forward in being restorative people? Great question. I I think it goes back, Keith, to that dual command to love mercy and do justice. Hmm. So like, do we really love mercy? Like, do we, do we love the mercy that we received from God? Or was it like, yeah, I'm pretty good guys. I mean, you know, you caught me a break. It's good. You know, do we love mercy or do we love a false understanding of justice, you know, for everyone else, not me. And really we just are trying to level the scales. So when you ask like, how how does this start to, you know, ooze out of our lives? It starts with loving mercy because of Christ's love for us. We will not receive what we deserve as a penalty for our sins. That's mm. big mercy because that's eternal, right? Yeah. And, and we've already received forgiveness. You have that. So you, it's not like you're waiting for mercy to kick in. You have received forgiveness. You've received eternal life, an indwelling Holy Spirit, and a restored relationship with God and others. That's your justice. See, that's mercy and justice. You've, at a great cost of God's own son, we as Christians are sitting here with the experience of the purest, the most, the hugest mercy and, and a justice. It's not someday, but that's true of you if you're in Christ. You, you have a restored relationship with God. You have received eternal mm. life. Now, Jesus did this, and it's his work of mercy and justice expressed to us. And, you know, really good news, man. We can rest in the knowledge that it will continue to be God's work and power that accomplishes justice now in and through us to a world, bro, that is so broken in need mm. of restoration. So mercy moves us to respond with kindness to the needs that we see around us. If we don't understand mercy, probably we won't be moved to do justice. And so mercy causes us to reach out, to bring relief to places that are broken. And when we begin to act, mercy also begins to change us. Mm. That's so good, dude. Yeah. Remember, we often speak about getting justice, but the Bible speaks of doing justice. So when we do justice, our hearts are aligned with the truth of the gospel. It really is because we're saying, hey, I didn't deserve the mercy I received and I've already been given full justice, full restoration with God and and, and eternal life, which is what Christ died to, to give us and make things right, restored when we act, participating in God's restorational justice, I sure. love that term, then we begin to realize that this gospel is bigger than any weekend service project that we could ever get involved in. Hmm. And and we, we sort of, I think, begin to intuitively move from a ministry of relief to a ministry of restoration. Because so often our, our service projects or social justice is kind of a, a ministry of relief. Hmm. Let's hand out a few things. And that's yeah. good. It's nice. There's nothing wrong with it at all. But sure. we, we, I think we, it, it's costly to move to restorative justice, a service project that's actually, we're going to bring restoration to people's lives, a new way of living from that. And it flows out of a heart of mercy. Hmm. Okay. So mercy and justice together encompass the full biblical concept of serving the least of these amongst us. And boy, they're out there, man. There's yeah. so much need and brokenness out there. And it's not enough to just have mercy and do 
relief, but we got to move it to justice. We have to, the, the long-term solution is, can we be instruments of God's that believe and extend mercy and then go and do justice? We bring restoration to, to lives, to communities, to families, to whole neighborhoods and cities. You just said something a few seconds ago, I just can't give up. It's that we often speak of getting justice, but the Bible speaks of doing justice. And it's costly. Sure. You know, like you can go out and like hand out bottles of water, you know, under the bridge to homeless people or sacks of lunch and all. And that's all good stuff. And if you're doing it, please keep doing it. But to bring true restoration to lives, that's going to require the gospel. Yep. (laughs) You're going to, it's going to have to be proclaimed and lived out and it's going to require relationship just like God with us. It requires relationship and time. Justice is costly. Yeah. It's easier to throw people up, you know, in in jail and lock them up, throw away the key. That's not justice. Demand it for a moment. It's not justice. It solves nothing. Let's get to the big three of today's episode. And you can get the free download of the big three by going to 123lifeschool.com forward slash episode 185. Caesar, what would you say the big three for this week are? Okay, real quick. Uh, First one, in the Bible, justice is really about righteous restoration. What's your definition of justice? If it's still payback or retribution or punishment or getting even... You, you're you're still not grasping that. Yeah. Often, like you just said, we speak of getting justice. The Bible speaks of doing justice. So don't miss that. That's the first point. Hmm. Second one, mercy is an attitude of the heart that's inclined toward compassion and restoration. Most often translated to mean kindness or goodness. Mercy is expressed through our acts of justice, do justice and restoration. But unless we embrace the mercy that God's shown us through sending Jesus to give his life to restore us, sure. And our relationship back to the Father will probably miss out on being part of His restorative justice in this world. And we'll just sort of sit on the sidelines. And you know those greater things you said you'll do everything I've done and even greater things? Yeah. One of my biggest fears, brother, is that I'm going to get to heaven and go like, so what are the greater things? And you're going to look and everybody's going to be talking about it all. And it's going to be like, woo, we did all this. You know, like, I could have done that. Like, I didn't, you know. Now, third one of the big three is open your eyes to the need of true justice that's all around you. Engaging justice includes increased awareness, Hmm. followed by an intentionality and sustained effort to confront the need as it appears, both in local forms and global forms. Things like the orphan crisis and human trafficking or needs for clean water. I mean, on and on and on. So spend some time in prayer, like even today, or if you're driving or, you know, end the podcast, ask God to show you what false beliefs or fears or personal idols or selfish priorities that you need to release to him. And then you be able to, so that you'd be able to receive his love and mercy and begin to start to do small and maybe someday large acts of justice starting today. That's good, man. And I mean, just a reminder of the justice primer for people who are here going, I'd like my emotional community to walk through this. It's so small good, group. man. I mean, it is so every week it just builds on your heart and, and like you, you'll end up coming out of it as a community really understanding what mercy does, and justice. And just like all the other primers, you'll end up doing some justice in the last seven and eight, you know, seven weeks, seven and eight. Yeah. It's I super. love that about those primers, man, the action side of it. Yeah. Thanks for the big three. We'll you give can... you the links to all that yeah. in, in the show notes. And I'll probably, uh, I'll see, you know, that's published by Missio Publishing, which, you know, publishes the gospel primer that yeah. I wrote. We'll see if we can get a little discount for some folks, get you into that. We can get enough for your group, get a little discount or something. I don't see what love we Love that. Hey, if you want, again, the big three for this week's takeaways, go to 123lifeschool.com forward slash episode 185, and we'll get those to you right away. If you haven't yet liked us on iTunes or written us a review, five stars are the best. We'll take four, but we prefer five. And just tell us what you like about the show. We'll do a shout out to you on an upcoming podcast. Join us next week. We're going to talk with Nick Harding about his new book, Reimagine Church. Check this out. Here's the subtitle. 
like this will tell you like I mean, you're going to want to hear this because yeah. it says reimagine church clarify the win escape busyness and fulfill your true purpose boom everyone's oh. like i want that i want all that and yeah. you know and this this book is thick and long and full of drawings and super super practical so yeah and he's got a fun accent <laughs> yeah there it is another guy <laughs> with an accent gonna listen up <laughs> <laughs> join us next week for that show thanks again for being with us today you can get more information on this podcast by visiting 123lifeschool.com forward slash podcast.